It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, good evening, welcome. It's me, Chris Back. It's him, Kev O'Sullivan. It's LFC Great Games, sponsored by bookmakers.com. There are bookmakers. All the details in the description below. But if you do use them, please gamble responsibly. If you don't gamble, it's not for you. Don't worry. Don't worry your head over it. But check out their YouTube site. The YouTube's really good. And they do some shows about footy and other sports. How are you, Mr. Russell? Good. Tired. It's been a long week, mate. Yeah. I feel it's like only Tuesday, bad. but it, it, and, uh... it's it's a Tuesday that feels like a Thursday, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, I, I literally stopped working. 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm proper prepared for this. And then I went, then I went oh, shit, I've got a show again. <laughs> Forgot that bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm liking Laszlo's uh, emojis already. Um, Is it beer? Even folks with the point, with the point glasses, I could definitely oh. nail a point tonight. It's just... So could, so could I, but a six o'clock start tomorrow, I was thinking <laughs> that's not a good idea. <laughs> so, oh. Definitely not, because I can't just stop at one, I'll tell you that. I know, I've been, I've been on a night out with you, Kevin Liverpool. Oh, I tell you. Oh, <laughs> John, Tom, Archie, evening everyone. How are you all doing? Um, I mean, the thing is, I was, look, myself and Matt had a chat last night about the um, the possibility of French players breaking through. You were in the chat. Um, I saw bits of it. I mean, bef- you seem to ignore my comments, which I was very upset over. Mate, I, I struggle reading half of them, and Matt controls putting them up, so blame Matt. Well, but I'm surprised. I say, Matt. I'm- I'm surprised Red Steve didn't dob me in, to be honest. Oh, here he is. He's in the chat. There he is. Matt had his say. Is um, who do you who do you see, or do you see anyone breaking through, or anyone that you know an unexpected advancement or something that could come that we're you know we just don't see because we've had it before with players you know that just mm-hmm. out of nowhere produce a string of eight ten games and you're like wow. Yeah. I knew he had it in his locker, but. Yeah, that's that's what we need. Personally, no. <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest, I mean, I I agree with you. I could have picked Pajetti out in a lineup. 
I generally was like, fuck's this? And he's really good. And he's like going, oh, brilliant. Cause this was like not one of the ones that was really talked up. You know, you know we heard of Ben Doak. You know, we know the ones that were talked up. And we thought, oh, be, you know, he's got a chance. But, you know, so unless there's like another Bajetic that we just haven't heard of yet. But, you know, the young right back who's at Bolton, he's done really well. Personally, Connor Bradley. I think he gets another loan because I think he, I think he just needs another loan uh, level up again, just for his development. I don't think you're going to throw him in. I think for right back, it's going to be Trent will do a bit there, Gomez will do a bit there, and I think we'll just do horses for courses. I just I know that won't be popular, but I kind of think that's what we're going to do. Ben Doak, I can't work out whether he's going to get a loan or just kind of carry on in the unders. But I think we might have been the League Cup and things like that. But I just can't. I personally just can't see him becoming a regular. I kind of feel at the moment, if Ben Doug's a regular fixture next season, something's gone badly wrong where we're really having to rely on him too much. Unless obviously he explodes, but it feels at the moment if we're if we're going to the next season, I'll throw Ben Doak in like we're doing last year. We were saying that because we're like, well, the season's shit anyway, so fuck it. Let's go. You just saying Gomes is shocking, Chris. Have to let him go. Can't let him go, mate, because you know, I know it's boring, but Homegrown and club homegrown, we haven't got enough of them. So he's literally there as a fourth choice squad option and a backup right back. And people won't like it, but after lump it, that's what he is. Until we get another homegrown option that can cover that, then he's here. I think he's gone in two years, but I just don't think he's do. I think he's there. So, but like, yeah. listen, there's nobody obvious, but I mean, that could be quite exciting because um, he could be quite, you know, I quite like it when you have a youngster comes to read. I'd love to see. When we had like a Michael Owen or, or a Fowler breakthrough, you know, like an 18, young 18 year old striker, we haven't had one of for ages. Yeah, yeah, that's always the most exciting thing. But the the there was another generation thing, aren't they, to get someone that? Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Well, look, the reason why we're here is uh, someone put in the chat. You can't beat a bit of chat about Manchester United and Liverpool. Yeah. And Jake, just one thing, Jake's put is there. Apparently, we, we can't sign anyone. Because uh, there's two more players because of homegrown. Well, I think it's all put the squad up as it is at the moment. It shows we had seven to eight homegrown, which is enough, and we had two non-homegrown spots free. Now, listen, that's as long as we're selling the the homegrown players, which I think the only one going to sell is, pro- is probably Phillips and Reese Williams. I think the only two homegrown yeah. that are going to go, unless we'll put mega boxing for Kelleher. And I've got a feeling Kelleher's going to stay because we're in Europa League. I think we're in Champions League. I think Kelleher will go. I think we might convince Kelleher to stay for another year. That's how I see it, but, yeah. you know. We'll see. Uh, plenty, of, plenty of shows between now and then to sink our teeth into that one. But do you, when the fixtures come out at the start of the season, are they are Manchester United the first one you look for? Because they are for me. Yeah, I, I look for the United game. I look for the Derby game. And I probably I do now look for the City game because up until last season, generally, well, we, I could be better title this year. Fuck, it wasn't this year. Like, but, you know, generally, they're the ones I look for. The United games one you hate unless you win it because yeah. the whole build up it's just it's the it's the game you don't want to lose. That's, I think losing that's worse than losing the derby at times. I mean, we haven't lost one for a lot for a while, but you know what I mean. I just hate it, especially the Old Trafford away game. I'm actually always confident at Anfield because I always think we do pretty well. Old Trafford away has normally been a bit of a bit of a horror show for us, and that's normally you know the Mascherano sending off when he stupidly. Shout back the official when Ferguson already got in the ref's ears about you know how you shouldn't shout back at the official. There's, you know, we always fell for the games at Old Trafford. I always felt we just wilted at Old Trafford a little bit. So 
But I do remember this. Let's talk about the first one. So the uh, Man United nil, Liverpool five. So we are on the 24th of October, 12th Sunday, uh, at the 4.30 kickoff. Now I have a very, I can remember this game quite well. Uh, for one reason, Kev, and you'll remember this, we used yeah. to do pre-match shows where we'd bring the lineup up and, ha- and give, uh, for half an hour give people's thoughts. Fuck me. I did this show when the lineup landed. I'll read you the lineup in a minute. You would generally thought, A, the world had ended, B, we were getting relegated, and C, I'd pick the team. Because I <laughs> the, the dogs abuse and threats I got on, on in the chat off randomers for attempted to say, well, that team could work. And I was like, ah, Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I went to this game going, Jesus Christ, you know, it's all traffic of the way. I think I'll take a draw because we were in okay form. But like a- we, were do- we were doing all right at the time. I think we were, after this game, I think we were second in the league ahead of Man City. But going into the game, um, United were in trouble. Solskjaer was having a right mare. But it's Liverpool, Manchester United at Old Trafford. And it's it's almost one of those games from, you know, form goes out the window both ways. I mean, we spent years going there when Ferguson was in, in charge. And you had to fight tooth and nail to get anything. And even roles reversed, you still had to be on your metal going there. And it was, um, I mean, the lineups came out. I remember watching the... The show at the time. <laughs> uh, it was graphic, on it? Honest to God, it was horrendous. <laughs> I was trying not to like. I was just laughing. It was, it, was, it was bad. But at the same, and, and the thing is, hindsight's 2020. You know, because. But even at the time, you were going like, yeah. we're not going to get spanked. We might lose because you know what? Well, you read out the lineup, and I'll tell you why it was. I'll okay, so give we... you my reasons why it was okay. like, oh my God. So we had Alison Becker in goal, Trent and Robbo as fullbacks, Van Dyke, Ibu Kunasi's first ever start for Liverpool away at Old Trafford. You know, welcome, welcome to the yeah. Premier League. Midfield, this is where everyone lost their shit. So it was Henderson in the six with James Milner and Naby Keita. Naby Keita was on the yeah. right, Milner on the left. And then the front three was Bobby, Jota, and Mo Salah. And then the bench was. Uh, Adrian, Joe Gomez, Costas, Joel Matip, Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, Sadio Mane, um, who yeah. wasn't a happy boy to be on the bench. We'll, we'll come to that. No, he wasn't. Taki Minamino and Origi. So, you know, there's quite a lot of options there on the bench. And the United lineup, because I was also being told that this United lineup was going to wipe the floor of Liverpool because we were, they were that worried about us. Uh, Decair in goal, then it's Juan Basaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw. Uh, McTominay and Fred as a two, and then it was uh, Greenwood, uh, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, and Ronaldo. So this yeah. came out that midfield, everyone shit the bed, which I can understand why, because you're like, as soon as Milner starts the game, everyone hates it. Naby Case on the right was a bit unusual, and Canati out of fucking nowhere, which everyone's like, oh, where's that come from? But I don't think it. Yeah, you know, listen. If, if you want to go, you, if, watch, read, watch the show. Just read the comments. It's just wild. It is, it, it, it's hilarious to go back and watch it. Um, but when you look back at it, I don't miss. I those could shows, understand be where pe- I could understand where people were coming from with the midfield three. Yeah, I could. But you know, Milner, 
Henderson Naby in a three against what we were looking at Manchester United playing a four two three one, having to contend with those four forwards yeah. and a big pitch at Old Trafford and I can't it remember was, we lost. It, I can't remember when Fabinho got injured. It might have been just the week before because we'd only just lost Fabinho, which was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. And this was peak Fabinho, Massive. not not what, we, not what we saw last year. No, we saw, well, yeah, for the first six months of last season, it was the polar opposite of what we were looking at. But back then, he was like spaghetti legs. He was just everywhere. You know, he he was he was massive and. But the other side of it, you were thinking like Sadio should be starting. You're going away to Old Trafford. You need pace getting in behind. Why is he starting Jota? But I think at the time Jota was scoring goals for fun, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah Jota, 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 Jota found a real scoring streak. This one, Manny was going through his spell of not scoring because I mean, this mm. year, you know, a lot goes right for Manny post Christmas, pre Christmas. Manny couldn't hit a barn door. So him being on the bench was not like I wasn't going. Fucking hell, it's a shock. You know, I mean, you were looking at, I mean, the other thing with the midfield is, as much as it, you know, that midfield three annoyed a lot of people, the other options were Oxlade-Chamberlain, surprisingly, coming back from injury, a very, a still a very young Curtis Jones. No mm. Fabinho. You know, so you've been going like, well, the options we want to put in as well are also fucked. So, you know, Thiago yeah. was injured. Who, who knew? You know, so... It will, it's on them. But Jake's right, you know, not, not like any of the Jake's, they still moan about the midfield now. So you do, it's just not quite as venomous, uh, which probably don't do pre match shows because they're just, there's just an excuse for people to be horrible. <laughs> it was mental. The funniest thing but, was uh, those those characters who were giving it the big one uh, disappeared. You know, typical little trolls that they were, they all shit the bed and disappeared. You know, <laughs> a few of them appeared in the chat a few weeks later and didn't seem to want to talk about anything. They just wait for another loss. So, yes, yeah, so I thought we'd get a draw, but I was a bit like going, oh, hell. you know, I'll take a draw because I'm not I'm not quite sure we've come to all the traffic at the right time with what we've got. Yeah, it was I still think... early, early in the season. I think there's like 11 games played or something. Yeah. You know, 11, I mean, 12 I... games played, something like that. It was, it was, it was early. But after two minutes, United should be one up because Fernandez misses an absolute sitter. It was a diving header, but he got a good head on it, and Alisson sprawled across to um, yeah, cover his post, and it was only just wide. Yeah, we should have done better with that, really. So, but then I think it's Mo picks. Yeah, Mo picks. We get to the ball. Mo picks up the ball, and he plays Navigator through. And when you watch it going, he looks. He must be miles off, and he slots it past the hair because the hair just it's like a statue. And yeah. Ga- I remember this, Gary Neville's like dead relaxed, going, oh, yeah, you know, they'll do the replay. When you watch the replay, you're going, he's about five yards on side. It's a, it's a brilliant run by Cater. It was, and it was a great pass to pick him. Great pass. You know. And he slots it, and you went, you went, oh, okay, that's a bit more. That's that's settled, that's settled <laughs> us all down a little bit. You know, yeah. and then, look, talk us through the, um, the second one. The second one was um, Dotter. On fourteen, Trent got the assist, but for me, I can't remember that one. Uh, that one isn't as fresh in my head as what. Oh, hang on, is that the it's, one where it's the it's the, it's the, it's the so that's the one where uh, Shaw and Shaw and Maguire almost collide? Yeah, 
almost collide. He comes off the tread. He whips it across he, and Jota slides. Whips it across and Jota slides, Jota slides, slides, slides in and taps and taps. But if he miss, but if Jota misses it, uh, <laughs> Milner's right behind him doing the yeah. same thing. They both slide at the same time. So, and again, but in he, that goal, in that goal, you saw you saw the biggest problems that Manchester United had. Yeah. It was a car crash. And after like 15 minutes of the game, you're so you realize just how bad they were, you know, and how much of a disarray that they were. Because I hadn't paid that much, I hadn't watched that much of Manchester United at the time. Because to be honest, just I just had no interest. They weren't on my radar really of sides to worry about for the season. It was us and City. I wasn't worried about anyone else. Mm. But when I was watching them, I was like, look. Luke Shaw is not a bad fullback. Harry Maguire, I at the time I wasn't, I didn't think he was as bad as he was. Hmm. You know, I knew he was shaky, and I knew, but I also knew that you know he can pass out from the back. He can, he's, he's a decent defender as long as the ball is in front of him, kind of thing. But they were just man. all over the place. They didn't have a clue what each other was doing. None of them could be, none of the midfielders could be bothered to track back and defend. The forwards had absolutely no interest in, in, in helping anyone out. And the writing was on the wall. After this game, I I know a lot of my mates and family who are Manchester United fans, and after this, they receive it. You know, I'd never, ever, ever seen them turn like that. I mean, they turned like Everton, Everton fans. They were, it was visceral. The, the fume that was coming out of them, like, and it's it's hard enough to lose to a side that's you're you're fighting to get into the top four with. That was the first game. Yeah, that's a YouTube and, of half that. As that season went on, it just got worse and worse and worse. There was no upside. The but, worst thing the worst thing they did to him was make him captain because then yeah. you can't drop him because it uh, like Man United, Liverpool, you know, certain clubs. If you drop the captain, it's a big story, and it's that's oh, all they talk story. about then. So then it just creates another problem they just they just don't want. Yeah, I um, just didn't think it was as bad there as it was. I, and the first fifteen minutes of that game, I thought at two nil, I was thinking, put your foot down here, put your bury your foot in their throat, and you are going to have an absolute hatful here if you want it. Now, I think um, I'm right. I think I think this happened before the third goal. Uh, so Miller went off after that. He put he tweaked his he felt his hamstring because Miller went off after about twenty after about twenty minutes. You know, we're soon yeah. after fourteen minutes. Miller goes off on the twenty sixth minute, and Curtis Jones comes off. So again, we're sort of going, "Oh, does that weaken us a bit more?" Because you know, Curtis Jones was still you know quite raw. Quite he was new. really raw at the time. Yeah. So he was. But yeah, there's also people playing left side. I thought. Okay, so you know, let's see how we so he looks that left side shaped quite a bit now. You know, no genie, no money. You know, Robert's got to look after him. And he has a tangle with Ronaldo where he's a fucking lucky boy, Ronaldo. He um, was a lucky boy. Where he pushes Curtis over, Curtis just lies in the ball and he just volleys the ball. Lucky he connects with the ball and kicks the ball into I don't think he was looking at the ball. I think he was just no. lucky. Uh, now to be fair to Curtis, he does well he he reacts, but not in a way where Plenty of people would react to knitting. It's a reaction yeah. where you front yourself up with you like you're not scared, but not enough to get yourself. Was, was that Ebu came is, in this, out of nowhere? That was it. That's where Fred came out to have a go and Ebu just picked him up like a five-year-old and went, over you go. It's the funniest thing. That was the best part of the whole game. Just watching him pick him up like a child going, no, over there. 
You've had it, Kev, when your toddler's pissing you off. And yeah. So you, you just pick them up, don't you, under their armpits and go, there you go, over there, stay there, be good. Because <laughs> you just went there. Which also cheered I, me up because I was thinking like, oh, wow. We've yeah. got one here. What a what a beast this fella is. This is yeah. brilliant. I, I mean, we all knew that. I Look, any of us who'd watched him, we knew he was a player. We knew he was yeah. a defender. But when you actually see the physical size of him, because that was the first time we'd probably seen him on the pitch. And you've seen him next to these players, you know, the likes of well, I, I'd uh, seen him Fred in, and what have you. Do you want to the back-to-back pre-season games? Yeah, yeah. We did, we did a whole week of nine months to go to both of them. And for the second game, which he played it, I was in the main, the new main stand, quite low down. And also, he came on with my daughter. I went, she went, who's that? And I went, that's Karata. We both just went, wow, he's massive. Because he just stood next to me. He's like, he's like, he's the biggest center I've ever seen. He made Virgil look small, which I thought that's quite some doing. And you're thinking, mm. but yeah, if he could play, we're, we're in business. And then we just didn't see him after that. You're like, oh, okay. I mean, Matt, Matt was still in good form, but you're like, oh, Christ. Yeah. But then well, the, third was... goal, the third goal is brilliant because it was both that little bit of lucky need away at Old Trafford, but also quick reactions. Ball falls to Salah the edge. Well, hey, Salah being Salah, tries to take a shot, shot off, blocked, it and it falls out, falls out wide. But as soon as it falls out wide, Salah's on his bike to a six yard box, falls to Trent, cuts it across, and Salah bangs it near near post, top corner. Near post, yeah. And you're, you're going like, it's only 35 minutes ago. We're 3 0 up at Old Trafford. This is 3 0 up, yeah. You know, you don't see this. <laughs> Very few teams do this at the time, especially Liverpool's ads. You're sort of thinking, what's going on? United just look all over the show. I mean, Solskjaer just looks like a lost child. You know, yeah. it just looks... he was He was just all over the place at this stage. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Didn't know what to do. And the thing is, there was nothing that he could do. Because even if you looked at their bench, the, the change that he made in the second half, they were just like desperations. It was desperation stuff. You know, and yeah, we were sat it. there. We had Curtis Jones in midfield. We had Henderson playing a six and Nabby. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Laszlo's right. Uh, Four hundred feet times he's right. Paul Scholes predicted this because I think it was 
midweek they played a Champions League game, and I think they beat. I think it was like Atalanta. They beat them four two. But yeah. I remember. Skull but Atalanta saying, had shed loads of chances. But I remember, and they were two 0 up Atalanta, and it's like, oh, great comeback, and then they're all Gino, you know, Rio Fernand, you know, sign the contract again, you know, because he's Brazilian. Give him, give him a six year extension. The usual bullshit you get from him. And Skulls was just, and he went to Skulls, and he just went, yeah, great, I'm glad we won. And he goes, you play like that against. Liverpool or City, they'll murder you in the first 20 minutes and you wouldn't even get a chance to come back to this. They need to wise up and wake up quick. And they're all like, oh, Skull's being dour, you know, get on with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, sometimes it is like, a win can also be like, yeah, but you need to use it for the wake-up call that it is. So, 3-0, Brett Smith's going well. And I'm just thinking, look, just see it out now. 3-0, Ultra Fall Time, that's all you need to do. And United give away a silly free kick, which Robbo takes really, takes really quickly. I think it's after watching it. It's a Jossa. They cut it in, and then Manny's got uh, sorry, Salah's got all the time in the world, which it just gets floated across to him, and he just hits it first time, bo- bobbles it bottom corner. He's like, oh, he's missed it. That flew in. Yeah, he's going it's four nil. That's four nil. And he's still going. What's the? I'm sat there going. What's the biggest win ever? Ever at Old Trafford by Liverpool? Like, this is this is on par to be fun and games. This this is unreal. I remember going on social media at halftime and I'd spotted a few people that I were that I used to follow and you know giving it giving it socks before the game because of the lineup. And I swear to god the amount of people who were deleting tweets at halftime. It it oh. was it was horrendous. Most of the DMs to me. <laughs> and it was like the only the only thing that I look back at that game, I honestly think we let them off. I, well, I genuinely think we we'll, let them we'll come off. To that. I think there's another reason why we didn't go we didn't go beyond five, but we'll come to that. Uh, Jake makes a good point. Our last four wins at Old Trafford have been 5-0-4-2, and 4-1. Fair to say, when we win at Old Trafford, we do it with a good scoreline. We do. Yeah. We do. Uh, unlike last year, where we didn't show any of this. Fight them. Well, bollocks. Yeah. Which is... Which is actually me, though, Kev. We've done, we did enough post-match well, we'll on this. come on to that one in a bit. But it's like I was expecting half-time, 4-0 up. I honestly was expecting us to really put the foot down. I was, ex- was, I, was expecting, I was expecting a reaction for them. You know, one of those reactions are going like, well, we need to just, you know, show a bit of fight. All that. Win the half kind of thing. Win the half, all that bollocks, you know. You know, start yeah, playing yeah. like all teams. We start playing with 5 4-0 down. We're fucking too late now, lads. And he's thinking, right, Liverpool. Yeah. Or she even sat there. He said, by this stage, he was just laughing. His could, you know, he's laughing his heart out. Like, you know, it yeah. was. Thor Solskjaer is the jammiest man in history. Funny how United got under him and inside, insisted inside with them getting a penalty. It, insisted on them getting yeah, a penalty every they week. They did because I I remember having a conversation with my United fan just before he got he got the job permanently, and he said like, oh, he's yo. Nobody else has done this run. It's 11 wins and all that. And listen, I am into stats to a point. And I said to him, if you look at the statistically how they're doing, I said, it's not sustainable, this. I said, because you're relying, because when you keep supposed to, I said, but you're relying on your keepers to make seven to eight big saves, not routine, yeah. big saves. And you need to score three goals off an average of on shots that bit th- on an average of one goal a game with the standard of shots. I said, you expect to over exceed your goal scored and like never concede despite leading eight chances a game. Low goals after 11 games, it catches up with you. 
you know, yeah. form eventually will catch up with it unless you find a way of tweaking the formation. You know, we well, know Jake that. makes a Jake, Jake makes a point here that that's when the uh, all is at the wheel chance. Oh yeah, started coming remember. out. Yeah, <laughs> um, gotta love them. You gotta love them. So literally, so United thinking right, we've got to make a you know nothing silly. Let's make a show of ourselves. Five minutes into the second half, literally five minutes, Henson gets the ball on, on the halfway line. Oh god, yeah. Outside of his foot, bends it right into most most path, most clean through, and the hair does his really good Dean Henson impression where he shrinks. So I call it the Sam, the Sam Minion they say, where you, a big fella makes himself as small as possible. And it's a hat-trick at Old Trafford for, for Salah. Easy for me, that was, that was probably one of the best assists I've seen. I love that type of assist. The outside of the um, one is nice, isn't it? The outside of the foot, into his path perfectly. And I think I remember seeing an interview with Mo when he talked about that. And he just said... Um, when when Henderson gets the ball in that position, he just runs. He sees where the ball is. He sees who's got it, and Salah just makes the run because he knows Henderson will find him. Mm. And it was inch perfect. It was just an absolute beaut of a ball, right into his stride. And yeah, like you said, three nil or sorry, five nil hat trick. And you're you putting yourself in a position where you awesome. can really kick on, kick your season on from there. Sorry, I forgot. A half-time Man United brought on Paul Pomper for Mason Greenwood. We'll come back to him because that sub also went really well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then the, the next best part of the game, which was, and because at the time this annoyed me, was they scored. Yeah, fucking hell, can we not just have a clean sheet? You know, really rub it in. Ronaldo give it the big him. You know, his stupid celebration he does, Sue and all that sort of silly shite. Um, yeah. And then they went, oh, hang on. Let's go to the yard. This is just, it's a goal kicker. And he's, it's one of those ones, he's he's off by an arm. And he, yeah, he was, like, he was and just it, off. It was, but tight they didn't deserve it. No, they didn't deserve it. And I was sat there for, and I understand why we kind of went into cruise control. I get why. But you don't get these chances off from where you're away at Old Trafford, you're battering them. You're absolutely on top. You're playing great, great, great stuff, and they haven't got a clue how to deal with you. These are the kind of days where you really bury them. You know, you could have scarred players yeah. with that kind of now, with, a, with a significant on, win. Now, on sixty minutes, I think this is why the game stays at five. Liverpool do have chances after that where they could make it six or seven, but we don't. Uh, Paul Pomper flies in with the most cowardly dickhead tackle you've ever seen. And as you said, Kev, right at the time, um, if Naby's foot's planted, that, that snaps his leg. And yeah. I remember watching certain Man United fans at the time, some of the prominent YouTubers, who were just saying like, oh, he's won the ball, football's gone, this is shite. And going, you've not been able to do that type of tackle for a long time, which is, doesn't matter if you get the ball, if your follow-through catches someone above the ankle, it's a red card. You know? Yeah. And luckily... It doesn't break up Nabby's leg. I mean, I'll be honest, I was expecting Nabby to be done for quite some time. Now Nabby goes off about four minutes later, and I think I think it's just to protect him because Oxley Chamberlain comes on and United yeah. make a couple of Guess who the referee was on the day? Oh, is it, is it from Manchester? Anthony Taylor. Wow. 
because even at the time, in real time, it looked a bad one. You know when you, you've watched enough football over yeah. the years on telly and you see one and you're like, that looks a bad one. And it doesn't matter whether it's you're watching Liverpool or you're watching, you could be watching West Ham against Brentford and you see a tackle going in on someone and you're like, yeah, that's nasty. You know, and it just looked bad. And it looked like either pure frustration or Petul- I don't want to be here. Petulance. I think one it was petulance. Two. I, I, I took it as petulance. Well. He walked with a smile on his face and again, he go, is that the Funes Mori thing? You know, look at me. You know, I've, I've put one on the scouts, lad. I'm thinking, it doesn't really help, lad. Does it? Do you know no. what I mean? It's like, oh, dickhead. Because if I was United, you wouldn't be happy with that. You'd be like, dickhead. Well done. That's not really helped us. I'll be honest, the last half hour was a bit of a game. Actually, it's a bit shit. <laughs> it was a bit of a meh. It was a nothing. It, it just played out, didn't it? It, it was almost like, it they, was like... It's like they shook hands and like Lippola said, all right, we won't go for any more. You, you just be, behave yourselves. But don't be dickheads or not. Don't be dickheads and snap and try to break players' legs. Eh? We'll, we'll call it there. And yeah. It, it's yeah. like you see, it on a, you see it on a Sunday in the Sunday league game. You know, where you're clattering aside and you're like, look, none of it, we all got to go to work in the morning. None of it, we all have to play this game out. Yeah. Don't be a fool about it. And it just played out and it petered out. I was kind of like, they obviously look ecstatic with the win, ecstatic because the amount of United fans that went into their shells around, you know, you, the ones who were giving it, giving it large on Friday night shows, you know, we're going to do this, that, and the other chair. We didn't see them for a while. But I saw some of the um, the post match shows from Manchester United fans, and the menu. I still go back and watch them now because when you watch them beforehand and you see the compilations of what they were talking about before the game, as to what they were talking about during the game and after the game, it's like when you watch them from there, and it's just slowly, slowly reality dawning, and then they just oh. fall off the cliff. You just need and that descend song, into though. utter madness. Like you need that song, yeah, hello, it's down, hilarious. Oh yeah, Ashley L. The fan exodus was the best yeah. part. Yeah, about, about the hour mark, they all fucked off. <laughs> and that was—that's what killed because Solskjaer was done. Solskjaer was done after that game. Yeah, you know, but and the, the fact but the, I think he should have—he should have walked after that. To be fair, you know, but he, I don't think he never did. Yeah, yeah. but like few, it was. There's a few in the chat talking about transfers. Don't be we're giving transfers a rest at the moment because. Yeah, it's not even July. Okay, here's the transfer news: Liverpool yeah. haven't signed anyone. We're still linked with the same players. We haven't signed anyone. Yeah, everyone, anyone like... else who's got who's doing transfer shows at the minute, I've just ruined about an hour of their show. Sorry, yeah. we, we might talk about it at the end, but we're just kind of reminiscing on a couple of good performances. You know, not every show has to be transfer related. Um, so, all in all, it was good, and there's a few good T-shirts that came out of. Um, Alex Ferguson's face and Kenny's face sat next to each other. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, that they, you know that, what? That, whoever, that the sky ca- whoever the Sky cameraman and the producer was on the day. Oh, he got his money. See that? Because if you ever watch the screen that the producers are watching, they're watching about 10 screens. And out of the corner of his eye, he must have seen that and said, switch the camera, whatever. Yeah. Get that shot of the two of them. And it was like... it. it if you ever had a shot to def- to define a game, you know, define ninety five minutes of football in a photo. That was the photo. It was unreal. It was it was per- it was perfect. 
It really, it genuinely was. It was absolutely perfect. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so I'll be honest. My thought was, I said to you, well, you'll see that again. You, you won't top that sort of result. You know, you don't see big wins like that against Liverpool. You don't. You don't. And, and you, you, you genuinely don't. You normally the, don't. I thought the four-two the year before, when in fact four-two year before was even better because Man United fans got that cancelled. Mm. Brilliant. Because when you because I remember the four-two quick on that. That's when we're going to play some absolute weirdo centre back. Apparently, we we're going to play Phillips and um, Kabak. Yeah, <laughs> and then we end up playing. We end, I think we end up playing Reese Williams and Phillips, but we got a few more midfielders. But it's like, yeah, well, what, a, what a great. <laughs> so that was so nice. anyway, yeah. So anyway, let's go to fifth of March last year. Now let's let's set the scene. That's what you've been doing this for a while. Uh, and Andy Kaufman there is asking what what's the photo? I missed it. There was a there was a shot of. Alex Ferguson and Kenny Douglas sat next to each other when the score was 5-0. They clearly weren't next and, to each other. They were superimposed next to each other. Yeah. And it's if, just sad face, happy face, but it's really funny. If you could see Ferguson, if you can imagine Ferguson's worst cider head, red face, thunder, yeah, would, you know, it looks good kill. And Kenny, after a scutter a drink, and he's just been told the funniest joke of all time from Funny Town. It was... The two the two pictures right next to each other. You have to see it. It is it, priceless. It really, really is. Yeah. So. And yeah, you're right, Oshin. Oshin well, is a great segue to. Let's get a few caveats. Let's get a few caveats there. So set the scene. Liverpool are dog shit this year. It's last year. Yeah. We're not great. We'll go to a side. No, not, not in good form. United are in better form. On paper, they're doing better. We have absolutely no idea what lineup we're going to pick. We're all going. I can know. You know, this is going to be a tough game. Um, I'm supposed to do a post match with you and Matt. Yeah. I get a t- I get two tickets last minute, so I go with my daughter. So I'm driving to Anfield with my daughter. She's never been to a Liverpool United game. And she's like, "Oh, I think we'll win, Dad." And I'm going, huh. oh, "Bless the innocence of a te- the innocence of a nine year old at the time." And I'm yeah. going, "I'll take a draw." You know what I mean? I don't think we'll lose because at home. And yeah. to, be fair, to be fair, last to be fair, last season, um, when we lost one game at home in the league, you know, we actually generally did all right at home. So I was dreading this. I saw this after the game, you know, Keane and Neville were all really giving it the big end. You know, Neville was his usual smarmy over top self, you know, the, the toughies, you know, these are different. Fucking not. The same as I let you down every time. And I know they got top four, but. I still think that you know, that side's going to let them down long term. As soon as was ultra confident, I just think we'll win. Why is it? He's got too many problems with this. So, but I look, I'm sure there'll be some troll United fans that the seven up cup and all that. Listen, you beat any of your rivals seven nil, you're allowed to crow about it, no matter how shit the season was. Because Alfons have it. Liverpool at their shittest. And listen, I saw some shite Liverpool sides in the nineties under Roy Evans and. Evans and Julia joint management, where we have like Kavana and you know Phil Bab, you know some absolute dog shite teams. They never got turned over seven nil. And to us, those United sides we played probably could have turned them over seven nil. We never did it. So you've got to also you know take it for what it is. You know, take your medicine a little bit. So lineups came out, Kev. Our lineup was Ali and Goal, Van Dijk and Ibu. And uh, sorry, Andy Robertson and Trent. So the standard back four that we the always standard back pick. four, yeah. Midfield was 
Henderson and Fabinho, neither in great form. Harvey Elliott, which I must admit, everyone around me was like, ooh, that's not what we'd have picked. Quite a few were expecting Milner or, in fact, to us, a lot wanted Pajetic. Pajetic was in good form. Uh, it was a little, everyone was like, surprised he's not started Pajetic. Do you think he'd have gone with him? Because at that time, he was the form, he was the form lad to pick. And then the front three was Mo Salah, Darwin, and Cody Gakpo. So, attack-wise, you're all right with it. I think Darwin starts on the left, Cody goes through the middle, Salah on the right as normal. You know, so, lineup-wise, as always, the question was, midfield, I'm surprised Bajetic didn't get to start. That was all I was looking at. And then in terms of their 11, it was De Gea Gold, Delo, Varane, Martinez, the butcher, we'll come back to him. Shaw, Bruno Fernandes, we'll come back to him in a minute. Um, Fred, Casemiro. Cas- Fred, Casemiro, Anthony, Veghorst and Mark- Marcus Rashford. So when you saw that line, you thought, okay, I can sort of see, you've got, you'll play Wash- Rashford wide left to go against Trent because he had good form against him. You play Bruno in the 10, Veghorst up front, big batting round against two- Liverpool's two big centre-halves, you know, Power with power, look for Bruno to get the knockdown. United lined up with Bruno Fernandes, who isn't quick, playing left wing, which is odd. Rashford yeah. through the middle, which isn't the worst idea, pace behind. Veghorst as a 10. I've never seen Veghorst play as a 10. I don't sort of feel that's his game. And then they had a fidget spinner on the other wing, who just spun around like Tasmanian Devils. So midfield wise, he was like, fair enough, that's the standard midfield. Casemiro has been really good for him. And then the back four was the back four. So, if we're honest, up until about 40 minutes, it was your typical Liverpool Man United home game. Tense, tight. Liverpool start quite quite well. Don't really work the keeper at any sort of point. The two best chances for United, really, which is yeah. they have a header, which they put wide, which they should get on target. There's a one that comes over the top to Rashford and... We've seen that for first-time volley. It, it wasn't that difficult a chance, and he just completely kiboshes it. Um, and then just before half-time, United have a corner, he- header, and it felt like it was going goal. You're like, for fuck's sake. 1-0 to United. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it was. We felt and like it was, it was coming. Yeah, and you went offside. And when you see the replay, the freaking miles off. So you're thinking, all right, there's the let-off. And then the ball gets to Andy Robertson. He plays a lovely inside ball to Gakpo, and Gakpo just this lovely shift inside, inside left, and just passes it bottom right corner. And I'm in the lower lower Kenny, and as he hits, he, he just as soon as he passes it, half us are up going, that's it. And it's a lovely goal. He only just got his first goal a couple of weeks earlier, and you just like, yeah, not quite a smash and grab, but you went, that's a bit against the runner play. But you know what? Clinical, one it. chance, one chance, one goal. All you want at half time, you're going, Fucking hell, one nil, one nil. We like that, but we're all around me. I don't know how you felt going, Yeah, we've got we can't keep, keep giving them those opportunities on the break because on the break, United are going to hurt us here because we're, we're too open again. We need to yeah. be a bit more tenacious. And listen, Liverpool were doing a weird thing with the midfield where Elliot was almost being told to push into a 10 position really extreme and leave it as a midfield 2v2. But then as soon as off the ball, he had to peg it back to wide right field. And look, you get caught out because you, know, you can't be everywhere at once. 
But other yeah. than that, you think it is a little tactical tweak that I thought it worked really well. It was quite exciting. So how did you find the first half? Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. For me, you've got to go back to the first game at Old Trafford when we lost 2-1. Oh, we're embarrassed. We we got off lightly, you know. So we were in terrible form all season. We were we didn't know whether we were it was stick or twist. They did have the better chances in the first half. We took our chance. And it was the Gakpo goal was typical Sadio Mane. Do you remember Sadio Mane's goal against Arsenal where he checked back? Yes, and his, his face onto, onto his right foot and, and whipped it. He did that it twice. Was very against, similar. He, yeah. He did that a few times ago. That was his finish. Mm. That, that, that was, was his trademark finish. Yeah. And you saw Gakpo doing that. And I think it was his first game against Manchester United. It might have been his first goal at Anfield as well. Um, it wasn't uh, his first goal for the club, but I think it might have been his first goal at Anfield. But oh, either oh, way, it, it, it was early in his it was early in his uh, Liverpool time, so he was still learning the ropes, really. He but was it got to he, have to, and he played central for this, and this was one of the few times he'd gone wide left, and Darwin would go through it like that. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm being honest with Darwin, he had a fucking stink. <laughs> Yeah, in that first half, he did. Yeah, first, yeah it's actually there. his second goal at Anfield. His first goal at Anfield came a few weeks earlier uh, with the Derby. Okay. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and the Derby goal is becoming his trademark goal, which is ghosting two yard tap at the back post. It's mm. becoming his trademark, which I'm quite happy with. I quite yeah. like having someone who could just do that. We haven't had someone who does that for ages, so I'm happy if he does another ten of them next mm. season. That's the, be- the good, but the good part about that goal as well was Robertson had the ball. And he waited for Gakpo to make the run. And it's an inside um, pass. It's, yeah, because he wants to because, whip it in. So it was a yeah, bit of variety. The, the easiest thing for Robertson on his left foot is to play one over the top, over the right back's head, into into Gakpo for him to take it down to the chest and recycle the ball back into the middle that way. But he he did it on the inside, and it was just like it was. <laughs> It was you get to halftime, you're one it up, and you're okay, you reset now. Clean up at the back, tighten up, 
uh, Diesel Comados because at the end of the day, they were in good form. They were doing well in Europe. They just won the League Cup. You know, they were... Uh, they had a good... I'd say a good three months, really. But you could see that the cracks were starting to appear with them. You know, the, even... frust- the frustration is, and look, it, it's Liverpool's own making this. So, I, you know, it's not Crimea River. But um, this is where you're like, the run we went on in the last yeah. 11 games, if it was three or four games early, you'd have caught both of these in Newcastle. That's been the frustration this year. As bad as that Liverpool have been horrendous last year. They actually still probably still should have got themselves comfortably top four. They actually, mm. I think we actually, you know, we, we threw our opportunities away with our own ineptness. Which look, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we, listen, we know gotta wear, yeah, we're gonna wear, we're gonna wear it. So you know, so you gotta enjoy these moments when they happen because they are where they are. So listen, so right, so let <laughs> let's talk about the next two goals because I have very different views of these goals to you. So we'll see what you. So we'll talk about the the next goal, which is Darwin's Darwin's goal. Which is ball comes out, it's flicked over to Mo. He tries to do a cross, balls it up, falls to Harvey Elliott, and he f- puts it in. And Darwin bullet header, just what you want your your big number nine to do. Oh yeah. So so from my perspective, in the lower Kenny bullet header, I jump up. What a goal! I'm I'm to be daughter to say Darwin score because she likes Darwin, and my daughter's reaction was looked up and went, but I'm still eating the hot dog. I said, all oh, right, okay. She went, and she went, was the goal good? It's a header. She went, great, I'm going to eat my hot dog. That was, so that was the joy of my nine-year-old, which was, I don't <laughs> care that my £80 million striker has just scored to big chill up. I need to eat me, me uh, Anfield hot dog because that's what I really wanted. So so my daughter never saw the second goal because she's too busy eating a hot dog. So I, so I look at that goal. And I think it was more of a fluke than anything. It was, I mean, look, he was in the right place at the right time. All he had to do was get a contact on it. Any any kind of clean contact and it was in. And it's exactly where you want your number nine to be. But that cross was fizzed in at serious, yeah. serious place. That could have gone anywhere. It, it was good reactions. That's as if it was. Yeah. It's a shit yeah. cross it by instinct. Mo. It's a ship across by Mo. And Harvey, you know, was the f- first to it and pings it across. I don't I don't think he's aiming for Darwin. It's just Get up and get it. Get, get it, it into an area. Get into the get into the danger zone. And if there's nobody there, yeah. then you can look at your centre forwards. Where are you? Because you, you should be in six yard box for this. Yeah. So I'm a bit like. But uh, this was the stage now at two nil. Man United fans, when you're watching their what, the compilations of their watch-alongs, they're like, "Oh my god!" Mm. You know, it. The reality hadn't started to dawn on them yet because we just scored before halftime. And we've just scored immediately after halftime, where arguably they had been the better side up until that point. Mm. Yeah, they had the better chances. They they controlled probably the second half of the first half. And here we are. We've gone bang, bang. The best times to score any goal in football, any one-two in football, end of the first half, start the second half. Because every single plan that, that Ten Hag had laid into him at halftime, we're going to do this, this, and this, evaporated as soon as that second one went in. And from then on, it just became the clinical Liverpool show. So three minutes later, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the goal looks like. And you know the story. Mm. I'll tell you what I saw of the goal. which um, 
disclaimer: I didn't see the third goal, and it's one of the best. It's one of the best goals you'll you'll see this season at Anfield, and I didn't see it. And I'll explain why. This is the joy of having children. Uh, so it's a breakaway to Salah. Salah gets it. He cuts it in, inside from the right wing, so edge of the area. And it's a really acute angle for Gakpo. And you're thinking, well, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna ping it across to, to um, Nunes who's running the back post, hopefully. And as he gets it, first time doesn't barely looked, dinks it. It's a Burkamp, very Dutch Burkamp S. Yeah, dinks over the keeper. Bit vibes of the Coutinho goal in the Europa League against United, where he dinks yeah, it over the shoulder. Very similar. And then it's 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 one of those celebrations where they don't celebrate and you just look look at me. But it, that it was like it's proper coming of age goal that like you were like, oh wow, oh wow, this is a this might this be a player. This a this might be a bit special we've got here. Um, so. My daughter enjoyed a hot dog. Typical. And she hasn't done this in many games. Dad, what? I need the toilet. Come on, love. Let's go down. Ah. Sooner. It's sooner, isn't it? So, you know, he'll set that for a couple of minutes. And then there's also this raw. And I've just seen the steward look at me. And, he, and I, uh, we both looked and went, oh, that's a little goal, isn't it? And he went, sounds like one, doesn't it? I went, it sounds like it. And I gave it 3 0. I was like, who scored? Gakpo. And he went, it's best goal you'll ever see, mate. I was like, <laughs> and I just have this little, little phrase look at me going, Sorry, Dad. I'm like, don't worry. Cause in my head, I'm going, we're beating United 3 0 at home. I'm probably not going to see a 3 0 win at home against United again. It's better I get a ticket for United. I'm thinking, oh, this one of the goals, you know, because let's be honest, you don't you don't see many big wins at Anfield against yeah, United. Yeah, yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. So, so it was a bit, I was a, not hurt for, but slightly gutted going, oh, do you know? Arguably the, for me, arguably up, if it's not, it is up there with goal of the season because it's the Salah does Martinez sits him down, and that finish you have you're two yards from the byline on your weak foot, and the keeper's on the narrow. It's on the narrow angle to the keeper. You have absolutely no right to score that goal, no. none whatsoever, and. The chip, it, it couldn't. He couldn't have scored it anywhere else. He couldn't have scored it any other way. It, if he'd have wrapped it low, the hair was saving it with his legs. If he'd have gone with power at the keeper, the hair was saving it. Hmm. Only thing he could do was chip him, and it was just the thought process, the outrageousness of having that thought process to go with your weak foot and dink the keeper from there is ridiculous. But finish aside, Salah sat down this myth that oh, the Sandra Martinez is all this, some... the butcher's the butcher's gonna maul him, the butcher's gonna sort yeah. him out. Yeah. The the idea that this guy and look, I think he's a very good centre back. I do. I think he's a good player. You know, he, he's he's not a mug, but at the same he was never what they built him up to be. You know, and but Salah made him look like a child, and that goal for me. Up there with Salah's goal against City for goal of the season. It is right up there for different reasons. I think that's probably a better finish. So, a couple of minutes later, um, they take Veghorst off to bring on Garacho, who I still think the only thing he's famous for is his hair. Uh, Fred out with Tommy in. So, you're like, okay, so they've gone to 58 minutes, this is. Yeah. They've, got to sh- they've got to show this up a little bit. You know, you know, a bit of the ball. Ball falls to Gakpo, and he tries to. Thread it through, it's intercepted, falls back, and he hit. He, it's like half hour pass forward. It's a bobbler, 
And yes. Salah is able just to let it go across his body. And as it ball bounces up, pardon my language, but the way he just twats it. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of my favourite type of goals where somebody hits a ball that hard. And it's one of those ones where you watch it in the keeper's midair. It's like one of those midair saves. You know, it, it's just like outrageous finish because the power behind it and it went off at Anfield and the fact it goes in under the bar. I was like, shots at barring it well, and the keeper like midair. I just think aesthetically, they just look brilliant. Cop head. Yeah. And Salah, again, it just walks off like that. Big, big smile going, that's just what I do. <laughs> that's just what. See, for me, there was an awful lot of there was an element of luck in that goal. You know, yeah. there was an awful lot of bo- the ball bounced, bobbled along, and it just—it's one of those. If from their point of view, because I can remember one of the reactions going, and it's bounced to Salah. Well, of course it bounced to Salah. Where else is it going to bounce to? And the guy just lost the plot completely. But is that the point? Um, with it? But what you, Salah? It's a bit like and listen, Ruth and this was like this, where you go like, yeah. Oh, so it's fifty. It's five or six deflections. Of course, it bounces to Van der That's what he does. Uh, after all, you're going. It's the, I think it's, it's the law of average where the likes of your Salas, your Harry Kane's, you know, today Harland especially. Yeah, they just kind of know. It's like it's a part got that of that instinct, don't they? It, it is it. And it's part of like probably law of averages going. If I'm around this neck of the woods, it's likely to fall here, and I'll I'll do yeah. what I do. Uh, Brian makes the point there. What an instinctive finish! It was pure instinct. It was it was he pure still, instinct that finish. I still think that Salah is best when he's on instinct. Yeah, when he does that time. And the same with Darwin. The same with yeah. Darwin. When Darwin Dar- doesn't have time to think, you know, he's outrageous when he doesn't have time to 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 think about the finish. Yeah. So, and then I think Darwin gets our next goal, doesn't he? Just... He does. Yeah. That one came in from Jordan Henderson from the cross, and he gets a brilliant header on it. It's it's a back header because it's very Andy Carroll against Everton in the FA Cup semi final, just off the back of the head, chips it in, and look, Darwin enjoyed that, and he made sure he enjoyed that. Uh, So we've got two players now, two goals. Uh, United's reaction is they take off Martinez, the butcher gets taken off for a fullback. I mean, they're probably both about the same height, to be fair. Uh, and then Casemiro, who had an absolute stinker, which is not very often yeah. you say that about Casemiro, but he was dreadful. Sabitzer came on. I'll be honest, I forgot he came on. He's one of those players that I forgot. I forgot who he was. You know. So, and then not long after that, uh, we take Dar- uh, Henson comes off for Pajetic, Darwin's taken off for Jota, and Gakpo comes off for Bobby, and Fabinho comes out for James Milner. So we proper do the whole big change things within two minutes. Yeah. Milner's snapped someone because it's just what he just does. What he, just what he does. Even even at that point with a with a winning comfortably five 0 he's going. I'm still going to snap someone. I just think it's like in but, his contract. But for me, that's see that was the difference in this game comparing to the five 0 In this game, we were ruthless. When we got chances, we were so clinical that yeah. we took every single opportunity. If you actually look at the stats of the game, it's not a seven. It's not a seven-nil game. No, it's, it's every just shot. That the chances it's every that shot we either. had, yeah, the chances that we had were just snapped up. Now they the sixth, the sixth goal is brilliant because it's just it's the best shit goal I've ever seen in my life. So uh, Elliot plays it in. It comes to it's a bit of a fight in the box. I think one of the United lads tried to clear it. 
hits Bobby, bounces back to Salah, just cracks it in. And then, and then Salah takes his shirt off, which I know annoyed a lot of my United fans. Though. It's six nil. Why are you taking your shirt off? But I think that's when he broke the record for being our highest. Being our highest. I don't know scorer. if that's when he broke the record or when he equaled it. Equaled it. It was it, one it, of the. It two. was one of the records he because Salah we've realised he takes his shirt off when it's either it's a member goal somewhere. He likes the big win, or it's a record he knows he's he's broken. Because that's why yeah. that's how he, he's a he's a record driven man. Nothing wrong with that. So when he took his shirt off, that's what it was. Like you said, I can't remember if he equaled it or he'd just gone ahead. But it's one of those like, fair, fair dude. So you're seeing something you don't see very often. Again, someone breaking a, a record. I'm sure that was to making the all-time leading goals go on the Prem for us. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Um, oh, just before Darwin got sent off, uh, taken off, he tried to get himself sent off because I think did Luke should have a little kick at him. <laughs> yeah. And he had like two little grab Please don't, Darwin. Just... Come on. Yeah, not not this. Not not, not, not like this. this. You've had you, you've had you've had your palace headbutt thing. Let's not let's not be doing it here. And I think it's around this time where we see why Bruno Fernandez should not be captain of Man United. Yeah. Listen, he wasn't the reason they were so bad, but he tip him he typified the petulance of that Man United side where Pajetic just takes it past instead of running, he just tries to volley him. And he was that yeah. bad at it, he, he fucking missed the volley. Um but the funniest part of the whole game for me and this week kind of thinking it's been like know your players is Anthony decided he was going to be the big hard man that he was and start kicking people which is fine that's what do what you need to do but he kicks over James Milner and James Milner stands up and, and the guy like fronts up to him you know doing his old hard man to James Milner's back and it's one of those ones where you see someone like half turn and you can see in the crowd the little smirk on Mill's face. It's a bit like, mate, I've been there, done it, wore the t shirt. You better fuck off. <laughs> he, he just looks and smiles. And you see Anthony sort of do that awkward thing where you're going, like, oh, he's not going to react. He's not going to do anything. And you have to, like, sort he of. Is, you know. But you have to, like, slowly step back and, like, you know, you know not look a dickhead, basically. Because you're thinking, like, you fronted up. To, it's a bit like, you got to do it. Fronted up to Darwin because he actually might hit you. <laughs> Milner's not gonna. Milner's not stupid of a six 0 to get involved with it, but it just showed the petulance that it, was in the side. That, yeah, that was. I'm gonna show I'm hurt. I'm gonna start kicking people and fronting up. He goes, it doesn't really work, lads. It, and I hate it when Liverpool players do it. And I was, oh, didn't you love it when um, the classic was Shel? Remember John Joe Shelby when he got sent off against? And he said, was it great? He told Ferguson to fuck off, and he had a go. And he said, yeah, did you see? Yeah, but Ferguson was laughing. Ferguson got. Game plan work, mate. I knew I'd get you sent off, and the pool will lose now. It yeah. was very, you know, I don't know. It was it's childish. Me, it was like, childish. Amateur hour. Yeah. So, but then after that, after we were 6 0 up, the whole of the ground was pretty much going, please let Bobby score. Because he yeah. come back around this time, his contract, he wasn't going to renew, he didn't want to renew his contract. He wanted to try a new challenge. Everyone was a bit like, oh, no. we all kind of knew, didn't we? We all knew it was, it was coming. And, the Bobby song went for a little while as well, and it came, and it's a very Bobby esque finish. And honest to God, you thought it was a winner in a, in a cup in a cup final. Yeah, that was I'd the imagine. best part of the goal. And for my, for me, the reason that goal, I love that goal. The goal is uh, my daughter's first game. Everyone knows it's the five five against Arsenal, but that's when she bought her first scarf. And her first scarf, and she still has it, is a Bobby Firmino scarf because she thinks he's ace, and it's got all the badges on it. That whenever she goes, but I'd worked out. She's only been to about five or six games. 
and she'd never seen Bobby play live before that twice, and he'd never scored. So she's never seen him score live. So that's the only game she's seen him score live. And she yeah. still talks about that now. She want to saw Bobby score. Because it's favorite, it's one of her favorite players. And it's nice when your favorite when you're at that age, your favorite player scores. You know, so I mean the thing is when you look at the the goal went in and then it starts to dawn on you. That's it's seven nil. It's seven nil. We've absolutely mulled them. And the thing is, it could have been more. We missed two or three chances in that second half that you'd expect to finish. You know, on another day you would have. It was well, I don't think we were it wasn't a dominant ninety minute performance by any stretch. It was just four. But it was it was it as was good a forty five yeah, it was as good a forty five minutes as I've ever seen any side ever play. It doesn't matter what the game is. It, I've never seen a Manchester United side capitulate to the stage where Bruno Fernandes was asking to be take, taken off. Well, did he? I because... don't care what he says. I don't no, care no. what he says. Because the talk now is, he didn't say that. It's Neville's made that up now. I don't And Neville's trying to back out of it because I think, I get the impression we have I think Neville got a bit of trouble for that. Because I couldn't care less. It... He was having his hands up in the air, looking to be taken off. He did not want to be there. He wanted nothing to do with that. That side, that Manchester oh, United Sam, side. Santander, yeah, he's right. It should have been eight. Karate's header went through the side of it. Yeah, Karate had a header. Where, to be honest, when you watch it back, he should score. It's not. Yeah. This is um, what I mean. It could have been eight or nine. It genuinely could have. And I can remember coming on doing the post-match show with Matt. Because you you've gone to the game, so Matt and then uh, I met Gab and Gab was in Liverpool for this. So I met Gab in yeah. Liverpool with the with uh, the uh, the tall lads. So yeah. it was just ridiculous. And it was myself and Matt. I was on the cans. I was like, I was half pissed by the time we, me and Matt finished the show. I was just opening can after can after can. I was just necking them, and I could I couldn't get over it. But my instant reaction after the game was, yeah, it was 7-0. But I don't think we were great. You know, I didn't think we were great because I still had it in my head the first 45 minutes that we were just 1-0 up against the run of play. And it could Nevo, have been a different um, game. Nevo ne- Sullivan's back. Nevo Sullivan. Here he is. Ev- everything in that game fell, the, fell for us. The bubbles falling for Salah. The Gakpo finished that he had absolutely no right to score. That bang across the box for Darwin to score that flash header. The, um, every, do you know what I mean? It was just one of those games where I mean everything to be fell fair, right. To be fair, and the capitulation last... by Manchester United was epic. Yeah, it was yeah. epic. But to be fair, Kev, after the season we had last year, Mm. Many, we did have many days where a lot but, fell right for us, so you kind of got to embrace. But that was the, it. The that was the thing. We'd had the Bournemouth game. We'd had this game. We'd had a couple of performances through the season where you think, "Yeah, that's more like that." I'm. I know what I'm watching is a Liverpool team when I was watching some of these some of these games, and you know, you can always hold on to that and say, "Look, we know that this is it. That they have this in them." It's just tighten everything up around it. Can I ask you a question? Mm. What harder, 
us beating Man United 7-0 at Old Trafford, uh, sorry, Anfield, or Arsenal tonight submitting a bid of 100 million plus 5 million add-ons for Declan Rice, which has just been reported now on The Athletic. Listen, I don't get to disparage Declan Rice. Declan Rice is an excellent player. He really is. Yeah. But fuck me, 100 million? Listen, okay, we'll chat about it in well, a sec. West, Look, let's West, just finish. West Ham can charge what they want, but oh yeah. my lord. Let's just finish finish on this for one sec. The post match, did you see back the post match interview? I mean, the, the post match interview when you had Neville, Keane, Sunas, and Carragher is just pantomime stuff. It, the best thing, well, Keane, I, the best thing Keane did was Neville kept digging himself a hole, saying, "You know, oh, it yeah. wasn't that good," and you know, "Oh, we're not very good." You know, he, he was down. He, he sounded like a petulant child. Whereas yeah, yeah. Keane was doing what Sunas has done in the past when Liverpool got hammered and when United got hammered. He just sat there quietly and he said, you can't be getting beat 7 That's embarrassing. And he just sat there and let Neville hang out. He was a bit like, he's got, it's almost like he looked at Neville like, Gary, if you get beat 7-0, no matter what no matter what way you say it, you've got to take your medicine here and just take yeah. your medicine. And it was great watching him. And credit was, to Graham Sunas because he was confident a lot more confident than most people going into that game, mm. bearing in mind that they not just beat us 2-1 at Old Trafford, they tonked us 2-1 at Old Trafford. That was probably one of the worst performances that I'd seen from Liverpool in a good while. Yeah. And, you know, to turn that around, given the indifferent form that we had throughout the season, to put that second-half performance in, um, it should have been that touch paper moment to go strong for the rest of the season. It just didn't pan out that way. But look, it is what it is. Yeah. But again, that comes back to we all know it. as a club, whether it's owners, whether you think it's club, the answer's probably a bit volume. Got squad building wrong, which means that's why we we're so inconsistent. Hopefully yeah. we get around this summer. Come then, let because it's breaking and to be fair, right. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, mad, it's a, bit of a madness, isn't it? <laughs> 100 million for okay. Declan Rice. Let's talk about it. Declan Rice, 100 million plus five in add ons. Yes. Right. I mean, that's what I mean, City might bid 120. It'll be a, the highest fee for a British player. All right. Um, well, no, it won't because um, Jude Bellingham is the, is the highest fee for an English player. But it'll oh, probably sorry, be no. the highest fee that an English club. Have played paid for a British player. Um, I saw some of the nonsense that was spoken about on Talksport today from Elia Nuko. And oh, look, the, the, the clip the clip is out there for anyone who wants to go and see it. She seems to think that Pep is doing Arteta a solid by getting the board at Man City to put in a fake bid to drum Arsenal to force Arsenal into bidding more for the player. I don't think Pep's no. in charge of transfers, to be honest. No. But at the same time, her, there's a bit of method to her madness. I don't believe for a second that Pep is doing anything or Man City are doing Arsenal a favour by doing this. I think Man City probably have a price that they were willing to pay for Declan Rice. Um, I don't see how or why Man City would sign Declan Rice. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, especially since they've got um, Kovacic over the line today. That So a bid for a bid for him on top of Kovacic 
when you've got Rodri in the side as well and Calvin Phillips makes no sense. But for Arsenal, Declan Rice is exactly what they need. You know, they're losing Granit Xhaka. They want to get Thomas Partey out of the club. They need that either six or defensive eight to come in and be there for the next six to seven years. So, well, do we need more than? Because again, Havertz, oh god, yeah. I mean, listen, if the losers believe they're going to spend close to two hundred million on three players, big money. Yeah, that. it's big money for Arsenal. Since they don't have that much wiggle room, Arsenal are going to have to shift some talent out the door. Um, Partey is going to be one. They got Granite Jack out. They're going to need to sell a, probably two or three more to mm. try to balance to make to because you know Arsenal are doing. A lot of transfer business, but they've spent a lot of money now over the last three years without having been in the Champions League at all. You know, so mm. they're they've got to get into a situation where they not just get back into the Champions League again next season, they have to do well in it this season. Mm. And I mean by do well in it for TV money, to, they have to get into the last eight, last four. Mm. You know, otherwise they could down the line, they could be in a bit of financial trouble. But I think it's nuts. Um, it'll be Arsenal's biggest fee going into the, you know, ever is, um, I mean, if you, you mentioned if you... that they paid for Nice, Nicholas Pepe, they paid 72 million Oof, for him. God, you remember that one. You know, yeah, Arsenal don't exactly have a great track record of spending big money. You know, they, they've spent well, big money badly the, over the years. Quite a few in the chat are saying, if the rumoured fees are to be believed, Caicedo, is 25 to 30 million less? Yeah. Is Caicedo not better, bus- better business because then it still gives you more wiggle room to do more? Yeah, it is. He is, but now, I think... My, my I agree th- with your line of thinking. You've got a theory on this and I agree with you. So you... Yeah, my, you my, th- my theory is the Caicedo, Caicedo is a bit like us with Van Dyke. So we also had acted the bollocks with uh, Van Dyke but sort of saying he only wants us. That's to do the whole public apology. And I think October time, we did a deal with Southampton and said, look, we'll pay this fee, you know, plus dickhead tax. So it's like 75 million. Keep it quiet. And we'll get it done in early January. Because literally it was done before the January window opened. I think the way Chelsea acted in January, Brighton were never going to sell. And I think they, they, they've had a, a chat after January window and gone, right, the player readers come to you. You acted stupid, you know, Pay this fee. We'll keep it under wraps. Let us get our replacements in and it's done. So I kind of feel like this was already done behind closed doors and no one's going to... I can't prove it. I just think that's what it is. No. The fact nobody else is really in for him. And listen, for the fee he's rumoured for, people say, why aren't Liverpool in for him? Why aren't Man United in for him? You know, there are plenty of clubs, you know, why why have Arsenal not looking at him instead of Rice? You know, there's quite a few clubs you look at and go, why aren't they in for him? Which makes you feel, I always think in football, there's no real secrets. And I always think sometimes players know that, yeah. well, that player's going to... That's why, because to be fair, after Liverpool balls up Van Dijk, how Man United, Man City, Tottenham, Arsenal didn't get him signed up in that summer, I'll never know. Which makes you think they all got a whiff of his agent where he's face said, he's only going there, that's what that's the club he prefers, so don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I said it. Look, I can't no, I agree it. with you. I think... I think that it was it's a done deal to Chelsea. Uh, Brighton have got gone and done some business already. In the, you know early, they've got Milner through the door. They've got Dahoud through the door from uh, Dortmund. Mm. 
They've brought in Joe Pedro uh, from Watford, and they're looking at Mohamed Kudus from Ajax. He's, so, he, he looks a good signing. Exactly. So if they can get those four in the door for the loss of McAllister and Caicedo, they, they, they'll be okay. But I think they'll they'll make Chelsea pay top end for Caicedo, even oh, though yeah. Caicedo has probably made it clear, I only want to go there. Mm. But that's that's the way I see that one coming out. But I mean, look, Arsenal are taking the gamble of all gambles on Declan Rice. Sure, yeah, Declan Rice is a very good player. Listen, if Declan Rice he is brilliant is... and Arsenal win leagues and do well in Europe, give a shit. A bit like he us is when... not under any circumstances or by any football logic a one hundred million pound player by any stretch of the imagination. He just but, isn't. But maybe. This is where West Ham are going. It's got to be 100 million yeah. plus for us to even get close to replacing because they probably need two or three players to replace what he gives them. Yeah. Look, some of the other gossip that's going around today as well. Leeds want Nat Phillips uh, and Dicko is saying there. Mm. Uh, I think it'd be a good move for you. I think it'd be a good move for, for him. Look, you, Ellen Road will get full houses even in the uh, even in the championship. So yeah. I think it could be a good move for him. If they get. Daniel Fark through the door as our manager. He's tried to sign in before, mm. you know, more than once. So I think it could be a good a good fit at this stage of his career. Nat needs him. He needs a move. You know, if he stays in the north of England, it'd probably suit him better. Leeds isn't that far from from where he is at, at the moment. So it's uh, it's a deal I could see happening for sure. Um, there's rumours as well that Bobby could be off for, off to Saudi. Um, yeah, nothing nothing substantial on that yet, but there's been no whiff of where he's going to go. There's been no real whiff of where Oxford Chamberlain's going to go either. You know, there was, there was um, a whiff of Villa for a while, wasn't there? Yeah, but I think there was a there was something about him getting um, a look at maybe Brighton or maybe Saudi Arabia as well. So hmm. it, you never know. Um, Look, my feelings about the Saudi Arabian and what they're doing at the minute is what I pretty well know to everyone in the chat. I think it's it's the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to see in football. But look, I can't blame players who want to go and earn huge amounts of money to go and play there for a few years. There is a fair few Brazilians who play in that league and have been playing in that league for a while. You know, so it's it's not an unnatural move for someone who's Brazilian who maybe feels like they can't cut it in the top five league or in a champ at a Champions League level club and still wants to carry on playing and just go and enjoy his last few years. The thing is with Firmino, we've definitely had the best years of him. And oh, yeah. you know, Listen, I I think I look, right if, if he goes, he goes. You know, it's not. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't be going out of my way to watch it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No. No. Neither, me neither. Really. But it's like with all all, all these players went to so the Chinese Super League. I had no interest in watching that either, to be honest. So, look, players will go and earn a big big wage. All power to you. Let's be honest. In any other industry, we'd all do it. If you've got a chance yeah, to earn look, a big 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 set of money, you probably would. There's other than that, I haven't seen much. Kovacic deal has gone through Man City. There's some, there's some um, social media rumours about us potentially putting a bid in for the lap, your lap of Southampton. Lavia? Which, Lavia, yeah. I'd be, I'm not, I'd be shocked. Hmm. 
I'd be really surprised. I, I'm like you. I'm like you thinking, if he's that good, unless you're City aren't short of cash, why City just go, forget the buyout because we're, we're bringing it back now. I think yeah. because people know he has this buyback clause, I think that's getting people a bit, a bit too overexcited. Jay Goldsberg, yeah. there is a, a talk that from Germ- the German side that um, it's pretty, it's coming out pretty Kane, strong actually. Kane's buying is almost is sounded pretty likely. Which listen, look for Kane, could be for him. Uh, not for once. One of my predictions came right where I said like the best football move for Kane is buying Munich. They yeah. like a big, big, strong central number nine. He can do that. It's a league he'll do well, which will save his body. He guarantees play Champions League football every year. He's pretty much guaranteed a league title every year. What more? Yeah. You know what, Look, what can you want? It take a lot of all football his... logic tells you that unless he wants to become a quiz question in twenty years, you know he needs he needs this move badly. He's already tried to force his way out of Spurs last season in a move to Manchester United. He's not. Surely not going to turn down a move to Bayern Munich. Now, whether Bayern Munich will offer what Daniel Levy wants for him is another matter. Because here's the thing. I don't believe for a second the Spurs will sell him to an English club. I also said this. Even... Actually, the season I said, what, what's, what's King got to Bayern? It's the first year they don't win the fucking league. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it would just you know be what? so funny, wouldn't it? It would be, be typical, wouldn't it? <laughs> but no, look, I, I, I look at if he's a if he's being valued at 60 million, okay, which I think is a very fair offer for someone of his age, irrespective of what he's gonna, what how he's capable of offering. How long's got left in his contract? Couple of years, one. Ah, see, that's the that's because I was thinking, oh, that seems a bit cheap, but one year, yeah, the one year thing just sort of one year his age. It's it's and he's still got to adjust to a league that he doesn't speak the language and all that stuff that goes with it. So, but there is no way in hell the Spurs will sell him to an English club at 60 million because Harry Kane to Manchester United could be the difference between Manchester United getting top four next season and Spurs getting top four without him. Yeah, that and that and that's a reality. You Spurs will look at it without Harry Kane. The odds of them reaching the top four are very slim. With a hurricane, they have a chance. Now, I it might think, be a slim chance, but at least it's a chance because of the volume of goals he's going to get. I also think for this probably helps the new manager as well. I wonder if he's been given the, the task of you've got a bit of a rebuild job here, which is going to yeah, be two, three years. It's going to take that, a few years. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a hard sell with the players they've got at Spurs. But if you're, but if you're showing that we're selling the crown jewel for them, which is Harry Kane. That screams of, this is a rebuild, this is a couple of years down the job. I think that sort of sets the expectation of, we're probably not going top four this year. The idea is within two years, that's what we're doing. We're pushing to this level. Yeah. And that gives it gives a new balance to them. A bit of breathe room. I know people hate three-year, five-year plan, but it gives them something to work with. The aim this year is to get back into Europe. The aim next year is top four. So you've got a two, you've got two years to, to do it. Go and do it. Build the way you want to build, you know. And also, it gives them a bit more tactical flexibility, doesn't it? Because there's only one way you can play with Harry Kane. Whereas now, you can do a few different ways of working. Does it make Spurs weaker? Definitely. But mm. it'd be interesting. Let's see what they do. But listen, we'll save that for a transfer show because it's uh, yeah. it's twenty past eleven. You, you and me both yeah. got work at six o'clock, so you know. 
I'm I'm pretty sure that by the end of this week you're going to see some movement happen. Um, I think so. Euros Euro the twenty ones is going on for another ten days, I think. Uh, mm. But other than that, I think you're going to start seeing some movement on some of the other deals around the league. The Mason Mount stuff should come to a head this week. Yeah. Um, you know, Kane by the end of this week, you you should you. you I think you'll start. Expect, you'll expect to see some movement. Spurs have already got a keeper in over the line as well. So, and you've got to see how the David de Gea stuff plays out to see what Manchester United are going to do with oh, their keeper a, situation. Leave the whole show on that. That's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's definitely a, a a transfer show going to be coming up. Uh, probably not based on Liverpool because we're not going to be doing anything for for a while yet. Well, no, we've got to, but, we've got to wait for Val, we've got to wait for Valverde to be free. But anyway, that's that's a different story. That's, an, on that, that's for another on, day. On that bombshell. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Please hit the like button and subscribe on your way out. And until then, me and Kev will catch you very, very soon. See you later. Cheers, guys. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.